Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm so glad you joined me today. I really am. I say that every time, but I I truly mean it every time. (laughs) I wanted to straight away let you know that you can find other amazing faith-based podcasts like this one out on accessmore.com. There are some awesome, awesome, thought-provoking faith leaders out on Access More, like Torin Wells, Lisa Harper, Bob Goff, and that's just to name three of the many. (laughs) It's a really safe space to hop on out to and find podcasts on everything from faith to education and even entertainment. So when you're done listening to this episode of the Woman Inspire podcast, I hope you will take a few moments to check out accessmore.com. I don't think you'll regret it. I didn't when I did it. (laughs) All right. So today's episode is lessons from the garden Two: tending to the weeds. Now I warned you last time when I did lessons from the garden that I thought there was another one coming on and this is it. Number two. Now I start every podcast with some pod quotes and here we go. This first one is anonymously given. (laughs) A fool is someone who gives advice to someone else about tending their garden but is not weeding his own or her own, by the way. All right. And here's another one. This is by Jim Rohn. You cannot take a mild approach to weeds in your mental garden. You have to hate weeds enough to kill them. Weeds are not something you handle. Weeds are something you devastate. I really like that. I'm I'm just going to say it again. You cannot take a mild approach to weeds in your mental garden. You have to hate weeds enough to kill them. Weeds are not something you handle. Weeds are something you devastate. I like that, Jim Rohn. I do. All right. Now, you may be thinking, why is she giving advice on weeding a garden? Because this isn't the time of year. Okay, so first off, as this is coming out, you're correct. It's full-on fall, (laughs) y'all. So yes, I do realize that. And to be precise, the only thing left in my garden are peppers, that I want to move to the greenhouse and overwinter some carrots and I'm getting ready to plant some onions and garlic for next year. But this is not a yard and garden podcast. (laughs) What'd you say? Oh, Oh, you want to know why I'm the one seemingly getting ready to give you advice about getting the weeds out of your life and your mental garden? Well, um, you think I have weeds of my own? Is that what you're saying? Well, I surely do have weeds of my own. And yes, (laughs) I've thought of that. Thank you for the conversation. All right. But guess what? I I do. I mean, I get it. I too am not so fond of someone else um, telling me what to do when their life screams of everything they're lecturing me about. I mean, I am happy. Well, that's kind of stretching it. Okay. I'm not necessarily happy, but I'm at least tolerant as needed in listening to other people's opinions and in advice, so long as they're not pushing me or harassing me or being hypocritical or, or mean about whatever it is they're telling me. So just want you to know this, that I speak almost always, almost always purely of what I know of what I've been through, of what I'm walking in recovery from, of what I pretty much of what I feel certain is relatable and real and down to earth and sometimes goofy, but <laughs> I speak on it, not as someone to lecture you, but someone to empathize with you and sympathize with you and hopefully to help you see that you aren't that much different than everyone else. And neither am I. 
Sorry to tell you, but it's true. Yes, we all have our own uniqueness about us and we all have our own gifts and we're special in that we're, we're each made differently. But at the same time, we all have so much in common. So I speak on what moves me, what God shows me, and the lessons that I've learned that I pray someone else will be able to learn from as well. So sure, we are all unique. Like I said, we each have our own fing fingerprints. No two are alike. We have our very own DNA, our own quirks. <laughs> Some of us have more quirks than others. We have our own gifts and talents and we're uniquely made. And yet we do have that common thread that runs within us. I'm talking about being human, by the way. We're fallible. We're able to trip. We're able to fall and able to learn, not just from our own mistakes. I mean, it's true. People say, oh, well, they have to make their own mistakes. That's true. You can't make mistakes for someone else. That's a true statement. But yes, we can learn from the mistakes of other people and from stories, and from parables, and from scripture. We actually can. So while my pod quote about someone who gives another person advice on weeding their garden without weeding their own is a great quote, and definitely a true statement, we have to remember that many times when someone gives us suggestions, but you see ways that they could also improve themselves, they aren't being hypocritical. They're usually, okay, I want to preface this, Usually, not always, but usually they're giving you this information and advice because they know of what they speak, because they care, because even if they're not intimate with you on a personal level and they don't know you that well, they know what they've been through and they don't want other people to go through it or they want people to do it better than they have and maybe not hurt as much. So truthfully, do you want to take suggestions advice, information, wisdom about any subject from someone who knows not of what they speak? Would you dare to let someone who has never cooked a day in their life tell you how to make beef stroganoff with homemade noodles? I don't think so. Would you want someone who has never hiked the Serengeti to give you instructions on how to start and ways to stay alive during your trek across the Serengeti? Well, probably not. I know I wouldn't. So it's no different than hearing someone out who has been there, done that. Or maybe they've messed up their own garden and lost a whole crop once, but they learned how to rebound from it and they learned how not to do it again. So whatever weeds you have that need to be tended to, I can guarantee you that someone else somewhere has had to rip those same weeds out of their lives, out of their mental garden. And if I'm looking to get rid of some hard to tug out weeds, I want to talk to someone else who has successfully gotten rid of those same weeds themselves and who is willing to lovingly share the truth with me on how to do that and how to not let it happen again. That's the way I see it. Okay, so there's scripture that a lot of people quote. It's a good one too. Matthew 7, 5. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. But here's the thing. It's not always applicable in the way that many people use it. It's not applicable to every situation. And when someone else is trying to share info or a message with you, that, that, that doesn't always apply. Case in point, one day I heard my husband say, 
in reference to some bad choices our daughter was making. Well, I can't say anything. I did the same thing as her when I was her age and, and look at all the trouble that I had. I, I got into it because of it. So uh, I'm just, and he just saying, I just, I can't say anything. And I said, wait a minute, why can't you say anything? And he said, because that would make me a hypocrite. And because I, I, I did the same thing when I was her age. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You've got this backwards. You can say something because you did do that at her age. You did it. You lived the pain of it. You lived the regret of it and affected, it affected your life for years afterwards. You are the exact person she needs to hear from about this. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. Now, if you told her not to do it and yet you were doing the same thing now, then that's being a hypocrite. Or if you told her to do the, those things and, and go down this particular path and then later laughed and joked about it and, and that you were living that kind of life and, and talked about this, like, oh, these were the good old days and it was great, but you're telling her not to live that way, then that would be hypocritical. That's not what you're doing. You're taking past choices, past experiences and lessons learned and sharing them with her to help her make better choices than you did. Because if not you, then who? Right? You see, a hypocritical gardener is someone who hangs out in their garden, grows a couple of things, tells other people how wonderful their garden is and how perfectly it grows bringing you gorgeous looking vegetables and fruit to show you the work of their hands and for everyone to, to ooh and awe over while they're bragging about their garden throughout all of the seasons. And yet all the while this gardener is not tending to their own garden. They're letting it get covered with weeds. They aren't watering it. They're not fertilizing it or pulling those weeds out or getting rid of any slugs and bugs. They're barely harvesting anything at all. And they're kind of content to go buy produce from the market to pass off as their own. That is a hypocrite. Now, are you wondering why I'm talking about hypocrisy when it comes to weeding and tending? Well, pretty much I have no idea. Because <laughs> it just, just poured out of me when I was thinking about gardening and weeds and how I hear so many times where people say, oh, I can't say anything because I did the same thing. Some things God gives me are like, just like this at times. They just pour out of me when I least expect it. But this podcast is actually intended to be somewhat of a continuation of a previous podcast, like I said, that was Lessons from the Garden. But I didn't have enough time to say in that podcast what all was on my heart and mind concerning the garden. And it's parallels to life in the previous episode kind of pushed me to be thinking about tending to the weeds. So here we meet again, <laughs> inside the garden, surrounded by falling leaves, autumn veggies, vines that are crying out for moisture and, and beds that are ready to be winterized with compost and dirt. Because yeah, it's already been that cold here. So I'm somewhat scrambling to get all that done before I have to put snowshoes on and, and trudge through icy tundra to do it. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen, but I guess the hypocrite notion um, came to my head when I thought about sharing with you all about, again, tending to the garden, so to speak, when I have, haven't really gotten around to mine as of late. Definitely not as much as I normally do, but as you know, like sometimes life goes 
two miles per hour and sometimes it goes 200 miles per hour. And all the things on the to-do list that I, I have moved <laughs> over the last several weeks, I mean, they're gotten lower and lower and lower on my to-do list um, or they keep coming up on my phone and I push snooze or I push tap, 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 date. I move them to a different date and then they come up on that date and then I move them to a different date. <laughs> This is how my life has been 200 miles per hour the last few weeks. So obviously not all of the things have been pushed off, but the things that I know are a, a must yet not the most immediate need, those are the things I have yet to get to the past few weeks. And that includes things in my garden. So I don't mean to sound hypocritical because in part my garden needs tending because I was prepping for a speaking engagement for a few weeks where I did a full hour of comedy, comedy, comedy. <laughs> it was so much fun, by the way. I loved it. And I'm booking for 2023, by the way. So if you're listening to this, you can go to womaninspired.com and get my info. Reach out to me so you can get on the calendar. But the major reason my garden has been put on the back burner as of late is pretty much the weather. Um, now, I'm not sure about you all, but... <laughs> We went from mega, mega hot to freakishly cool at the end of the summer. And now we've already had snow and it's not even the end of October yet. Now, where I'm from, this is not the norm, although I'm not sure what the norm is anywhere anymore. I typically get out to the garden to winterize it and compost and move things to the greenhouse and tidy up sometime around the last week in October or early part of November. So that's what my timetable was. That's what's on my calendar. Uh, guess what? Sometimes God and his seasons disrupt our own personal timetables. Yeah, did I hear an amen there? Yeah. Sometimes God and his seasons and his things that he has lined up for us disrupt our own personal timetables. And one of those things that um, these high temperatures and scorching sun did um, back in the summer was made it difficult for me to be in the garden for really long hours at a time. So I had to get up extremely early to beat the heat because if I didn't, then I couldn't help protect the hard work my hands had already done in the spring. You see, if I, if I went out to water at the wrong time of day, then the squash and the cucumbers and the, the tender leaves on all of the plants or even the, the tomato plant buds and the little tiny tomatoes, if they got wet in that scorching full sun and, and then had nine, you know, 92 degrees with water on them, all I would have been doing basically was steaming them. You know, it would be like putting fresh spinach leaves or, or lettuce in a pot and adding some water and turning the heat way up. So it, it could damage or even kill all those wonderful plants in the garden. So I had to make the effort to get up early, early in the morning on some of these really hot days before the clock reached half past Hades and get out to water. I pretty much have a zero tolerance for full sun. So um, making sure I get out there to tend the garden in the right way at the right time was really important for me or else my garden would just get overtaken like crazy by weeds and slugs and icky bugs. And unfortunately, um, I did have a weed problem. Um, I did, I, I'm, I have never had a garden that had this many weeds in it before. It was really, uh, disheartening and tiring. And so I'll explain more of that in a minute, but I know there are people who are pretty much sun worshipers and they'd rather be out in the sun than any place else. I'm definitely not one of those people. I love being outside. Oh my gosh. Love being outside. But my blood is very thin people. 
very thin. I have hemophilia, and so blood gets even thinner when you're overheated. That tends to make me dizzy, and I feel like I'm going to pass out. So I have to be careful, um, as should everyone in extreme temperatures, by the way. So unfortunately, the way the temps ran for about, the, like I said, that four weeks this past summer, it was not conducive to me getting to weed my garden as much as I would like. And well, I probably could have done it more often, but I was exhausted. And while it did affect some of the growth of my garden, it was so hot. I, I really couldn't tell if the temperatures stunted some of the garden uh, because it wasn't as prolific as it normally is or if it was the additional weeds that did it because I typically use the raised beds in such a way that I compost in them throughout the year which is great if you've never tried it by the way I highly suggest it and then I use newspaper and peat moss as like a weed barrier and moisture keeper but the way the weather was the weeds flourished no matter what I did it was crazy the hot steamy weather made it the weeds just come alive it was I don't know it was like it was they were radioactive or something it was crazy um that's what happens in real life too by the way just like in the garden so goes life if we let something nasty some resilient negative thing pop up and we don't take care of it toot sweet quick quick it gets out of control and starts to take over our mind. It could be a thought or a bad habit, a worry or a doubt or a fear. And we think, oh, I'll take care of that later. I'm not up for it right now. I don't want to deal with it. I don't have the energy. Or we think if we leave it alone, it will go away on its own. That we won't have to tend to it. Guess what? It doesn't go away on its own. I actually, believe it or not, I actually thought that this summer. No joke. As much of an avid gardener as I am, I ridiculously thought that this one weed of which I have never seen, never seen in my garden before, and I didn't know what the likes of it was. I just thought it would just die off. I thought since it was a new pest that I was unfamiliar with and it looked more kind of like an herb that it would probably die off along with other things due to this extreme heat that we were having. I thought, um, it's not getting any moisture. If I try really hard not to water it, water around it, it won't. Um, no, yeah, it didn't happen. It flourished in the heat. And I mean, flourished. It started to take over more than one of my garden beds. It grew out of the beds and down into the stone path around the garden. And it started to sneak out towards my blackberry vines. That's when I got up even earlier because um, it concerned me. I finally got up. I ripped out as much as I could, and then I started spraying the heck out of it. Um, I needed to kill those weeds. I was at the point where I was, I couldn't tolerate it anymore. Uh, and unfortunately, this was at a point where I had injured my foot. Now, had I been taking care of them all along, like I should, and dealing with the hard stuff, getting up as early as I should, tolerating the heat a little bit more, taking more breaks, all the things that I really needed to do to consistently take care of this unknown weed. If I had done that, it wouldn't have been so hard on me when it got to the point where I was afraid I would never get rid of this weed or that it would take over some other plants and I wouldn't have much of a garden left. Because at that point I had injured my foot and it was even hotter than it was a couple of weeks before. So but no worries, folks. No vegetables were killed in the making of this podcast. Only weeds. <laughs> I didn't 
uh, expose myself or the garden to toxins because I use a mixture of vinegar, water, salt, and dishwashing liquid to kill weeds. And it works unbelievably well, by the way. The bunny rabbits don't like the smell of the vinegar either. And um, if I'm ever out of vinegar, I just might use pickle juice because I'm thinking bunny rabbits don't like dill pickles either because they stay away from my dill plants. That, that's just my little thoughts there. All right, so my point is that as I was working in the garden those early mornings uh, in, in a mad dash rush to try to kill the, this weed, um, I was hoping and praying that I could salvage as many veggies as possible. And I realized how much my life is like my garden and how it's so easy to let the weeds get out of control or as Jim Rohn calls them, mental weeds. You know, one negative thought, if not dealt with, or given over to the Lord, or cast out, or put down and done away with, can spread like weeds all throughout your life. The negative thoughts, the worries, anxiety, uh, most of it is just pretty much in our head. It's in our flesh. You know, the brain from ear to ear, that's flesh. That's where it lives. And, and fear, fear too, because it is actually born of lies. And yet we hold on to it like it's our salvation and the truth of all things when all along it's a weed. It's a lie. All of those things are weeds. And when we get lazy or we avoid them, they start to permeate every part of our lives, our waking and our sleeping, our jobs, our relationships, our closeness to God. Matthew, uh, in Matthew 13, there's a parable that Jesus shared about weeds. It says he put an, uh, um, um, he said, put another parable before them. I'm sorry. He put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. Now, the parable goes on to talk about how they were instructed to not pull the weeds up too soon because then it would also rip out the tender wheat. Um, so they had to wait for the wheat to be fully ready to be harvested. And then they could pull the weeds up um, and as they were able to harvest the wheat. Then they would take the weeds bundle them up and burn them. Okay. So but what I wanted to point out for just a second is where it says that while the men were sleeping, the man's enemy came and sowed weeds. And then the master said to them, when they questioned how the weeds got there, an enemy has done this. Because I don't believe anyone wants to purposefully grow weeds and let them take over their lives. But it's difficult. If, if you get to the point where you haven't dealt with the weeds Sometimes you have to wait a lot longer so that you don't do more damage in your life before you rip those weeds out. You know, like you had to wait for the wheat to grow fully, to be harvested before you can pull the weeds out. Mm. So sometimes we want to get rid of these things that we never dealt with and you have to do it the right way. Sometimes you need counseling. Sometimes you need spiritual counseling. You definitely need the Lord, but you have to do it the right way, especially old 
seeds that have been planted. So, but here's the thing in order to, to not have that, cause we all have some of those things, right? Um, but in order to not let what's going on yesterday, today, and tomorrow plant seeds that you can't, um, fully get rid of later on in the future or they grow bigger and bigger and bigger and they take over the weeds take over the bad stuff in other words takes over the good stuff in order not to do that then you have to deal with those seeds that are planted now like I said because I don't believe anyone wants to purposely grow weeds and let them take over their lives no one wants to sit idly and let the negative frightful scary things of the world permeate everything and and yet sometimes we do this what we need to remember is that if we are not watchful, watchful, if we're not careful, the enemy will sow seeds that we don't want to grow. We do not want to reap that harvest. He'll sow seeds of discontent where there wasn't anything before. There was no place for discontent. He will grow seeds of fear. Um, or he'll plant seeds of fear so he can grow fear inside you, lying to you to make you believe you're not good enough that you're not loved, that you aren't talented, that you aren't forgiven and that you don't belong to Jesus. And the world will tell you this too, because, because Satan will use the world and everything in it and anyone who is a willing participant against you. He will sow seeds that cause you to say yes to temptation and to say no to planting anything good in your life. And he'll sow seeds that try to crowd out the good in your life, the good in your heart, your mind, your body, and your spirit. But remember, we've been warned, even in this parable, because the master said it, an enemy has done this. So let me tell you, my exhaustion, my naive thinking, and even a tinge of laziness this past summer led me to a place of thinking that I didn't have to go out and tend to my garden in a timely manner, that I could just let it go. I could just give it some time and let it be. And But when I did, oh my gosh, did I pay for it. Um, it cost me probably 10 times the amount of time and energy and it added to my pain um, when it should have just been easier to deal with and get rid of um, had I tried to, to take care of the weeds in the first place uh, because then I got afraid it was going to destroy my garden. And we get that way in real life. Um, oh my God, my garden's real, but we get that way in life and how we want to avoid taking care of the things that need to be tended to. And, and, and so it goes in life when we don't face head on and embrace or process or kick out or throw down and give to the Lord, the things the enemy tries to plant inside us, they can quickly take over and it will take 10 times as much time and energy and likely much loss in other ways to get rid of them. So we can get back to the place that we're called to be, you know, my hope and prayer for you today is that you remember that you aren't alone in your gardening, <laughs> not in any kind of gardening, your mental gardening, your spiritual gardening, that you have a God who will help you rip out whatever needs to be ripped out, whether it's old and big, huge weeds that have grown up or seeds that have just been sown that are not of him. So you have a Holy Spirit who is glad to be with you in the daily tending of your life. And you have a savior who gives you mercy and grace as you work to take care of all the blessings that he's blessed you with. So I pray today that you will be able to um, turn to him and um, just work harder 
to tend to your garden in the way that it should be tended to. Thank you so much for tuning into the Woman Inspired Podcast. Don't forget to check out my new ASMR podcast, Inspired Whispers. You can find a link to it and all kinds of other fantastic info on my website at womaninspired.com. And follow me on Instagram at onewomaninspired. And... Please don't forget to like, share, and download this podcast. Until next time, grace and peace.